You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. We're back. WNDZ 750M, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Once again, thanks to Misericordia and our first half, Julie O'Sullivan, Beth Wojtek, uh, misericordia.org, and their wonderful bakery is going to be opening up. And our second half, it's a very important discussion that we're going to have about Jewish-Catholic relations uh, with our special guest. Uh, in honor of the 26th Annual Joseph Cardinal Bernadine Jerusalem uh, Lecture, and it's, it's in honor of Cardinal Bernadine's trip to Israel, to the West Bank, to Gaza, accompanied by local and Jewish leaders in March of 1995. And our guest today, Dr. Dan Olson, is the Director of Office Ecumenical in a Religious Affairs for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Welcome, Bar Barbara March Canto, Assistant Director of American Jewish Committee, AJC, Chicago Regional Office. Welcome, and Rabbi Rini Dickman, Executive Vice President of the Chicago Board of Rabbis. Welcome. Welcome to all of our three distinguished guests. Before, Dan, I ask you a little bit about our Office of Ecumenical and Religious Affairs. It's, it, it's very interesting to me that we're going to be talking about Cardinal Bernadine's trip. And just a personal aside note, one of the men who was instrumental in coordinating that uh, needs prayers right now, Father Tom Bema. Um, I remember very distinctly, a he's a colleague of mine at Munline Seminary. We talked about this trip very often. There's video of him escorting the Cardinal um, through many of the sites. Uh, he is a head of interreligious studies at that point, and he is in the hospital northwestern as we speak and in the good news is he's eligible and going to have a stem transplant so let's keep him in our prayers um, what a commitment he had to this to this area of uh, jewish catholic relationships so dan director of the office of ecumenical religious affairs let's start with that talk to our listeners a little bit about what that means for the archdiocese of chicago Thanks, thanks, Brian. Thanks for your prayers for, for Father Bema. Uh, much appreciated. Um, our office is tasked with living out, um, actualizing our identity as Catholics um, to be in dialogue with others, members of other religious traditions, other Christians. So our office staffs Cardinal Supic in his outreach in this regard. Uh, we also maintain relationships with the Jewish community, with the Muslim community, uh, with all of our interreligious partners, as well as the ecumenical Christian brothers and sisters that we have. Uh, we also are very important in educating Catholics about the value of this work, um, organizing dialogue meetings, working with parishes to further their efforts. So that's some of the work that we would uh, do on behalf of the Archdiocese, bringing about that identity that we have to be in dialogue. Beautiful. Thank you. And Barbara, your Assistant Director, American Jewish Committee, talk to us a little bit about what does that position entail in terms of these relationships, the Catholic, Jewish, other ecumenical relationships? Well, thank you for having me on today. Yes. And American Jewish Committee, we are a global Jewish advocacy organization. Our mission is to enhance the well-being of the Jewish people in Israel and to advance human rights. 
and democratic values in the United States and around the world. And you know, we say why interfaith. It's it's important to get to know um, our partners and people that are different than our, ourselves. That way, we can help combat anti-Semitism as well as hatred targeting other religious and ethnic groups. Our commitment to Catholic-Jewish relations in Chicago goes back many, many decades. You know, um, we live as neighbors, but we often don't know a lot about our religious practices and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know that. And so we've had dialogues that have been going back decades in Chicago. We have had um, educational enrichment programs where we've brought Jewish um, educators into Catholic schools. We've brought um, Catholic educators into Jewish schools to educate our, each other about our religious beliefs. Um, right now, Dan and I have a conversation we've um, called Coffee and Conversations, where we get together several times throughout the year with our communities and talk about things that are, are important to us. And I also wanted to take the opportunity to thank Karno Supic because he has been a longstanding champion in standing up against anti-Semitism. So thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. And, and Rabbi Rini, uh, your executive vice president of Chicago Board of Rabbis. Um, maybe for me, not necessarily that position, but your trip to become a rabbi. Uh, how did that vocation occur for you? Well, um, thank you. Mm -hmm. We're actually celebrating June will mark the 50th anniversary of the first um, woman to be ordained oh. as a reform rabbi. June uh Third, mm -hmm. uh, so we're um, celebrating that milestone. And I grew up in a world where there already were women serving um, in the role of rabbi, though I didn't know any. Mm -hmm. And my my journey to the rabbinate was very much influenced by my own rabbi, Rabbi Mark Shapiro of Blessed Memory, mm -hmm. who was a mentor and a cousin also. Um, and my experiences throughout. Um, Jewish summer camps and Jewish youth groups and Hillel, I was fortunate enough to experience really positive Jewish experiences kind of throughout my life. Um, and after college, made the commitment to to study for the rabbinate myself. What was the, what was your family's reaction to, to you letting them know you were going to be studying to be rabbi? Um, they were excited and and proud. Uh, my parents were both very involved in in our synagogue and in the Jewish community, so um, they were not surprised. They were not surprised. They were really happy. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Now, I'm going to offer this question to all three of you, but maybe we'd start with Dan. Uh, from your perspective in the arts, uh, what describe local Jewish-Catholic relations. Why is this relationship so important for us? I begin with um, what I find to be a gift exchange um, that our, our forefathers, our foremothers in faith, uh, the Jewish people have something to teach us as Christians, uh, not just about Jesus and Mary and the early apostles, but there is that. But ongoing, who, who are we in relation to, to God? I think there's a lot that we can learn together from one another as we get to know each other better as friends, as, as people of faith. So there's, there's that gift that comes about. And I might add here a bit of a sense of responsibility that I think the Christian people have to take toward our Jewish brothers and sisters for past um, our history of persecution. And that we, we have to um, come to, ter to terms with that. And then in the future, uh, make sure that doesn't happen again. Make sure that we are um, speaking truthfully 
and in dialogue with our friends in the in the Jewish faith. Um, that, that's a really important responsibility that I think Christians have to accept and move forward with. Good. Thank you, Dan. Barbara, what about you? Why is this important? Well, it's important for the reasons I mentioned earlier. And also, I, I echo everything Dan said. He's been a wonderful partner in having these conversations. It's important to learn about each other. It's important to stand up against hate um, in, in all forms and against all people. And it's important to have the partnership there. And so we really appreciate the partnership that we have with the Archdiocese in Chicago. Great. And Rabbi Rini, as a, as a religious leader, why is this important? Why is this important to you? Um, for all the reasons that um, Dan and Barbara stated and the Jewish community is we're very small we're a very small percentage of the American population even though for those of us who live and breathe it every day um, it might seem like a large world but it's not we're very small and for us to have the opportunity to um, connect to other people of faith to know that there are other really large communities out there who have faith and are motivated by that faith to do good in this world is very, um, gives us strength. Mm -hmm. It gives us a lot of strength. And um, it's an opportunity for us to learn more about other people's beliefs and to share what we believe and to work together. Beautiful. It sounds like you, all three of you have a great relationship and that's what we would would build on. When we, we're going to take a little break, WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago, uh, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. When we come back, Barbara, maybe we can talk a little bit about that annual state of anti-Semitism in America report, and, uh, and, and you do an annual look at that. Uh, we'll come back, talk about that, and then continue our conversation and move into the 26th Annual Joseph Cardinal Bernadine Jerusalem Lecture. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Welcome back. 
Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Catholic Chicago, Mark Tracy here sitting in for Father Greg Sackwitz, WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Uh, with Dr. Dan Olson, Director of Office of Ecumenical and Religious Affairs for the Archdiocese, Barbara Marsh Cantow, Assistant Director, American Jewish Committee, and Rabbi Rini Dickman, Executive Vice President of Chicago Board of Rabbis. And before the break, I had said, Barbara, you would conduct, your group conducts an annual state of anti-Semitism in America. What are you learning? What are you learning on an annual basis? Where are we? Yeah, so, yes, <laughs> thank you for asking that. So American Jewish Committee's State of Anti-Semitism in America 2021 report featured one of the largest ever surveys of American Jews and the US general public on anti-Semitism in America. And there were some um, important takeaways. So today, 90% of American Jews, or 9 in 10, think that anti-Semitism is a problem in the United States today. Wow. We found that one in four American Jews has been the target of anti-Semitism over the past 12 months. And one of the most concerning things is also that American Jews were changing our behavior out of fear of anti-Semitism. In the last year alone, nearly four in 10 American Jews have avoided um, things like publicly wearing, carrying, or displaying things that would help people identify them as Jews. They've avoided certain places, events, or situations out of concern for their safety or comfort as a Jew. Or they've avoided posting content online that, are, that would identify them as Jewish or even sympathetic to Jewish issues. And, you know, it's a scary time um, in a way. And, and, you know, our houses of worship, you have to go through many layers of security. Um, you know, as, as Rini said, we're a very small minority of the population, and um, it's alarming. And so I, I appreciate the opportunity to share this information with you. 
that that's really eye-opening information. Rabbi Rini, what are rabbis talking about in terms of that's the report's more formal. Informally, what are you seeing in terms of your congregation's feedback to you about this issue? I'm seeing more officers at the doors of synagogues standing there watching every person that comes in, um, more conversations about security and the cost of it and the need for it, um, desire on the part of rabbis for more trainings of what to do if, God forbid, a mm -hmm. situation occurs. Um, it's, it's disconcerting, to say the very least. It's very upsetting. Right. And what can... What can we do? What can we do together to, to build bridges instead of breaking them down? Dan, what about, what can we do? Uh, well, I think a first step is an awareness of, of what we're hearing today. That you know, as a Catholic Christian, I don't have that same experience. I can go to church at any time of the day. It rarely is not locked. Um, so just being aware, speaking with our, our neighbors, um, Jews, Muslims, and others that, that can feel um, threatened in, yeah. in a very real way, changing behavior in ways that I, as a Catholic Christian, do not. So learning and becoming educated about that, and then reaching out locally. Uh, get to know the Jewish community in your neighborhood. Um, talk talk with them. Have different events planned to, to show your support. Those are the things that I would say, and, and maybe Barbara and Rini can comment on that, but those build uh, the best bridges is, is at the local level between communities. And it's interesting because we had a Renew My Church meeting with our downtown parishes last weekend, and I believe it's Old St. Pat's. Um, there was a Catholic Jewish couple, and they were trying to understand for their children, how do you educate them to both of those traditions? And uh, what they discovered was there are a lot of interfaith couples that are dealing with that issue, and I think there's support there in the parish. for That's a building block. That's building dialogue. Um, but let's get, how does this annual Joseph Cardinal Bernadine Jerusalem lecture uh, build, build dialogue? Maybe, um, Rabbi Rini, how does that build dialogue? And, and if... One of you, because I, I saw the notes on it, but you would probably be much more familiar with explaining the topic for the lecture than I would be. So, Rabbi Rini, why don't you start? How does this build dialogue, this kind of a lecture? Um, it's an opportunity for people to meet each other, to learn together. Um, I will say that the process of planning it together, I think, is just as important as the occurrence itself. Um, discussing different topics, discussing different scholars, learning about scholarship that is um, out there together with this really wonderful group of people that has planned this together um, has been a really nice process of, of getting to know each other. Um, and I am not personally familiar with the work of Dr. Sarit Katten Gribetz, who mm -hmm. is Associate Professor of Classical Judaism in the Theology Department at Fordham University, but I'm excited to learn with her, mm -hmm. and it should be a very, um, very interesting lecture. 
Dan, do you want to give a little, uh, some specifics, maybe the topic and how can people tune into this lecture? Well, I think I share a collective lack of wisdom about <laughs> Saint, um, Queen Helena um, among the, the panel. But this is one of the reasons that I'm looking forward to the lecture, in all honesty. I know she was a first century figure um, just after the time of Jesus, um, and she, she provided um, goods. She was a foreigner. She came to Jerusalem and, and served the Jewish people, became a, a Jew. She converted. So her story in itself, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about. But also, what, what does it mean for us today is where... Um, Dr. Sarit Katangrabetz will be leading us. Okay, so this is an interesting historical narrative, but what can it teach us today? And, and I think that's what could be of value as well of hearing about her story, but what's the legacy and what does it teach us today? And um, give the specifics for it. How can people tune in? It will be uh, 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 March 22nd. Uh, it will be at 1 p.m. She'll be coming to us from Jerusalem, so the, the time will be at 1 p.m. local in Chicago, Central Time. Um, you, it's something you can live stream. There is not a public program. It's a live streamed event hosted by DePaul University, another one of our partners. Um, the link and the information can be found on the Office of Ecumenical Affairs website. There's a, there's a flyer on the Archdiocese website, and some of our partners also would have that up. But EIA artchicago.org would be a place you can go to find that information. Okay, and maybe a final question for all of you. As people, particularly, I mean, it's, it's really impacting me, um, Barbara, your, your study, and then Rabbi, your reflection on it. If people are experiencing the kind of prejudice that they're displaying in these reports and personally to you, Rabbi, what can people do? Where can they go with, with that kind of pain? Are there support groups? Are there, do they report it somewhere? How, how, how do you handle that kind of prejudice? Rabbi or, or um, sure. Barbara? Um, I'll say um, thank you for that question. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, we think about different kinds of support groups that we want to offer people, and I don't know of a specific support group for people experiencing anti-Semitism, wow. though I do have a call next week with an, a group of rabbis who want to talk about what is the kind of pastoral care that we can mm -hmm. offer to people. Um, if it's, if it's, I don't know what the right word is, if it's big enough that it requires a response Often people will call the ADL or AJC to report it. Okay. They can also, depending on what it is, obviously call the police. Mm -hmm. um, the, the Jewish United Fund can also respond to the Jewish Federation. Um, but often they call their rabbis. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's something that a child or a teenager um, experiences on social media Sometimes it happens at a school and then the parents are in a difficult situation of, do they call the administration? Do they talk to the teacher? Um, so AJC and ADL, the Anti-Defamation League are really experts at helping families negotiate that. But rabbis need to, need to know more about it too, how to respond. Great, and Barbara, what about you? 
I, I agree with everything Rini said, and I also encourage people if they um, are experiencing something to contact the police, the FBI, and, and hate crime reporting is, is very important. And so I encourage people to reach out to the authorities when they feel that um, something they've experienced anti-Semitism. And it's interesting because as you look at the support folks will need, we as Catholics should be involved in that. We should be involved in helping not only to listen to those issues, but also to provide support to, from the broader broader community. Dan, any last words from you in terms of the Office of Ecumenical and Interreligious Affairs for the Arch? I might just comment on this this issue as Catholics, uh, to be, be aware of um, what we say, how we talk about people, Jews and, and, and others. Um, that is a contribution we can make, thinking about how anti-Semitism is some ways even unknown to us. It comes out in different ways. Be attentive to that. Be attentive to our preaching. Um, just be aware and be in dialogue with, with our Jewish partners to learn more. And one more time. I, oh, can, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Can I suggest, um, Dan said, um, not being aware of what anti-Semitism looks like. We have a great resource on our website. Um, it's ajc.org, and it's called Translate Hate. And it goes through many different um a glossary of terms that may be anti-Semitic and it gives a history of them. So if you're interested in what is and is not anti-Semitic, I encourage you to go to our website. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And also um, tune into the Cardinal Bernie Jerusalem Lecture, 1 p.m. March 22nd. Um, thank you to Dan, Dr. Dan Olson, Director of Office of Ecumenical and Religious Affairs, Barbara March Canro, Assistant Director, American Jewish Committee, and Rabbi Rini Dickman. Executive Vice President of Chicago Board of Rabbis. What a wonderfully insightful half an hour. I really appreciate your mission and your ministries. This is Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. On your dial, you're watching, either listening or watching us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Thanks to Michael May, Brian Brock, our producers for Catholic Chicago. Have a blessed day. God bless.